Hello and welcome to everyone to the Peace Alliance Hope Story Circle and welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion and connection. We're so happy to see all of you here today. And our special guest today is Ashley Hurst. So I'm gonna introduce her in just a moment. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance and I'm joined by Liz Gannon-Graydon who is also on the board. And with us, we have several people recognizing faces but especially Kathy Kidd, she's our national field director. It's nice to have you here, Kathy. And Ashley, welcome. You're a special guest today. And we're so delighted to have you. And I was curious, when I looked at your bio, there was something that, that struck a chord with me, chocolate. Can you tell me what kind of chocolate it is that you can't live without every day? Because I can't either. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of like dark chocolates. Me too. Um, yeah, love dark chocolate. <laughs> me too. Such good, good wonderful stuff. I, I, I gave up caffeine from a coffee standpoint decades ago, but I'm obviously not off caffeine because I eat dark chocolate every day. Anyway, um, we're just gonna, we're missing Elena today. She she was unable to be with us the first time. So both Liz and I sort of were wanting to sort of welcome her into the space energetically. And Liz, could you lead us in a short meditation before we hear Ashley's story? I can, good morning, everyone. And the first thing I'd like to do is to invite all of you to connect in your bodies, right? Take a breath. Feel where your feet may touch the floor. Feel how you're sitting in your chair or your seat. I'd like you to also feel if there are any places where you may, as you breathe, feel discomfort in your body. Try to breathe in and just send a little, gen send a little gentleness and love and kindness to any place you might feel a little discomfort and just connect with your body as you join us in this communal space together. And next, I invite you to connect with one another. I invite you to look at the faces that you see on our screen. And I want you to wonder about someone. I want you to look at someone and wonder, I wonder how they're doing today. I wonder what story he brings to the circle. I wonder if he's feeling any discomfort as we join the group and just kind of pick a face and just send the same kind of love and connection you sent to yourself. Take a breath and send that to someone in the circle. And then look at another face and just connect in that same sense of wonder. I wonder why she's smiling. I wonder why she wore purple today. I wonder. And next, I invite you to share your sense of wonder with our guest, Ashley. I wonder who Ashley is. I wonder what story she's going to bring to us. 
I wonder what we're going to talk about. I wonder how I'm going to move through today different because I took the time to be with myself and be with the beautiful people on this call and give myself time to wonder and connect with other people who joined us in the same time at the same place for that same reason. And so as I invite you to focus all our love and attention and wonder and energy on Ashley. Ashley, we invite you in this moment to share with us your story. Thank you. So uh, I guess I'll start with um, kind of where my journey began um, to where I am now. I, I was um, an athlete in college, I was I um, ran crop track and cross country for for Baylor, and ran after college as well. And um, I started to notice that I was injured quite often. Um, I could never get really far without being injured and having a hard time recovering. So I knew something wasn't quite right with my body, but I wasn't sure what. I honestly just thought that it was that I wasn't um, working hard enough, which is not, was not at all the case. Um, so around that time, um, I had a lot of life shifts and I um, dropped out of school because I had lost my scholarship and was working for a little bit and, and then um, ended up um, moving to Houston um, I got an opportunity. I finally had decided that instead of um, the path that I was on, which was to go to med school, and right around the time when I was about to take my my MCAT, which is the the test that you take prior to going to med school, I decided to it wasn't for me. And so I I had um, I, after working a couple years, I moved to Houston. And I think what drew me in was that they had um, a really amazing entrepreneurship program and they had a, a great um, program for nutrition. So I could get both of my interests and, you know, by, by going to school there. And so, um, so I moved and kind of um, changed a lot during that time and um, went, um, started, started my classes and everything. And then around, uh, around 2011, a lot of things changed for me because I, I started having really bad abdominal pain and, um, gut bleeding and, and very, um, I was uncertain about what was going on. So I had seen several GI doctors and it took me almost over a year to get a diagnosis. Um, most, mostly because a lot of the people that I saw were kind of um, dismissive of what I was going through and, and said, well, you know, you look, you look fine and you, you know, you're an athlete and you eat healthy, you know, maybe there, maybe you don't have anything serious. Maybe it's just um, hemorrhoids or fissures or something like that, or IBS. And so finally got a diagnosis in 2011 and was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis um, and wasn't even sure what that was. Didn't even, it didn't even settle with me for 
you know, six months to a year later, that that's actually what I had and that it was lifelong. Um, but, it, but it really shifted everything for me. Um, it shifted a lot of my identity. It shifted the way I lived my life, the dreams I had. Um, it, it really did uh, change everything. At the time, I had wanted to be a sports dietitian. Um, but in my journey with figuring out and navigating ulcerative colitis, I, I realized I was much more interested in, in understanding that piece and really helping other people with digestive concerns. And um, during that time, um, one, of, one of the barriers to having it is that it, at first it made having a job really difficult holding a job really difficult. Um, it was hard for people to understand. Um, it was quite isolating. Um, I lost a lot of friends and people that, um, that thought that I was making up the pain or people that just really didn't get how life altering it was. Um, had trouble articulating that on the, in a job too, when you know, you're running to the bathroom or not able to stay in meetings and that sort of thing. And and then, so what a big barrier was um, being in school and having this, I, I, it was very hard financially. Um, I had medications that even with insurance would cost upwards of 700 to 1000 sometimes uh, per month and was holding three jobs to try to make it work. And even with the three jobs, um, there was a period of time when I didn't have a place to live. Um, I was living out of my car and um, had some people that offered for me to stay with them and which I am always really grateful for uh, because that, that really um, helped me through such a difficult time. I didn't even want to tell my parents, you know, at the time, because I knew, I knew they would want me to come home. And if I went home, that meant giving up on my dreams that meant um, I wouldn't actually be able to go to school where they lived because they lived out of state. So um, because I really didn't want to give up on, I was like midway through the entrepreneurship program and I didn't want to give up on that. I, I stayed, I stayed in it um, and tried to try to make it work. Um, but it was really, really difficult. And during the time of having UC, I also was in the hospital more than once, had some uh, scary scary events take place um, with the, the bleeding that I had. And I also had a kind of mystery infection where they weren't quite sure what it was. Um, it ended up being related to my UC. And um, in one of the hospital stays, they walked into the room and said, it said, all right, well, let's take you to check on your liver cancer. And I remember saying, what, what do you mean? no one has mentioned I have liver, I don't have liver cancer, you have the wrong room. And uh, apparently they had found a mouse and forgot to tell me that that's what was happening. Um, and they, during that time, they sort of pressured me to get biopsies and, and something just didn't feel right in me. Um, and th this was the time that I really learned to tune into my gut and no matter what, listen, when I, when something didn't feel right. And so I told them, I, I'm not going to get a biopsy. I'm going to wait until this infection is over. And, um, and so I waited 
and j- despite <laughs> despite their guidance and and it ended up being the right thing for me. Um, I ended up getting another scan and um, on the second scan, it had shrunk to half its size. And um, they told me it's probably good that you didn't get a biopsy because it, the infection could have spread. It would have been more dangerous than, than needed. And then on the third one, it disappeared completely. And so it was a big lesson to me to, to trust my gut, even though it was um, damaged <laughs> and it, painful. Um, it, it still, I still trusted my intuition and was able to, to listen to that over anything else. And um, yeah, so I, I've gone through a lot of different struggles with my UC and around that time, um, around the time I was feeling so alone and isolated in it, I discovered that my cousin had been diagnosed with Crohn's. And so him and I started connecting on that and having conversations around it. And we became really close best friends. We, we had not been close previously, but since we had that shared diagnosis and experience, we were able to really connect in a way that we never had before. And um, so we became best friends and we would talk on the phone and sort of, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just everyday conversation. It was like, we had the kind of conversations where you wonder and you just, you wonder about things you wonder about, like he would, he was really into space, for example, we would talk about space and we would talk about gut bacteria, stuff that you wouldn't normally talk about in normal conversations and um, just, he was just such a curious person. And I think, I think it inspired a lot of curiosity in myself and, and a lot more interest too, in Crohn's and colitis. And yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, during the time of, of being in school, you know, with, with UC, my, my grades dropped a lot. Um, I was doing the best I could, but honestly, it was, it was tough. Um, so my grades really suffered. Um, my, the director of the program said basically that I didn't have a shot at becoming a dietitian. And so I was like, well, great. I just spent, you know, it was basically 10 years of my life because I had to start and pause all the time. And I had thought, well, I've just wasted so much time. Like, what am I going to do? So, um, and I had applied to dietetic programs about five times and was told no, um, and then, so I said, well, I've got to have a job. <laughs> so I listed myself a couple places and started, um, started doing consulting when one day a, a mom called me who was worried about her son who had digestive troubles. And so I started consulting at that point. Um, I was, I had forgotten that I had listed myself somewhere and she, and she mentioned, you know, can you help me? And then I was like, how did she get my number? <laughs> But then I realized that, um, that this was an opportunity for me to go ahead and start doing the consulting that I wanted to do, regardless of if I was um, in a dietetic program just yet or not. So I took that opportunity and, and started consulting. And before I knew it, there was a list of people that I had. And I got an opportunity to get an office space. I had $500 at the time. But I said yes. 
Not that I would tell other people to do that now, but I went with my gut. I mean, that was what was right for me. Um, I, I used that 500 and grew a, a big business, you know, six years later, cannot believe that I, that I did that. Um, yeah. So, so during all of this in 2018, I sadly lost my, my cousin um, and in a very difficult way and a kind of mysterious way. We weren't quite sure if it was related to the Crohn's or if it was suicide, but um, nonetheless, I lost him and I lost a huge part of my life and a huge part of my connection. Um, in a, in a, especially in a place where I used to feel so disconnected. And, um, and it was the, the hardest year of my life, um, losing him. And um, I went through a, just a really tough depression during that time and, and um, began to really see how much Crohn's and ulcerative colitis affects not just the gut, but our emotional health and our ability to, to cope. And I think that's when my heart really shifted around the work I was doing. And I really felt it was kind of like this nudge constantly of like, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you're meant to, to work with. And, um, and I was scared by that nudge because to me, that nudge meant you're going to be, I was worried that I would be constantly consumed by it. It would become too much of an identity for me to where I didn't have anything else outside that was, that was me. So I was worried about that. I was worried I would get too emotional with the people I worked with or that um, it would be too hard. But it, it kept nudging me and I kept feeling this pull towards it because what I also knew was that Crohn's and colitis patients often, well, there's not a lot of people specialized in it for nutrition, number one, but two, especially someone who actually understands what they're going through. And, and I think, I think that pulled me towards working one-on-one -on -one with them and, and really specializing in that area. And so it wasn't until last year during, during quarantine that I finally, finally did that. I finally jumped in. I didn't have anything to lose because I had to move out of my, my office and, um, was like, okay, now what, um, now, who, how am I going to do this? And I just decided to jump in and I created a, a course for Crohn's and ulcerative colitis patients and, um, and started really specializing. And over the past year, I was able to grow, um, grow my business and add two more dietitians like me that have IBD. And so, so yeah, I think, I think what I've really learned from this process is that, um, is to really tune in to the, the gut feelings that I have around what's right for me, because only we know what that is. And so that's, that's what it's taught me. Thank you, Ashley.
Thank you so much for sharing your story. Liz, do you want to frame an inquiry for folks? I do. I first really want to acknowledge uh, and thank you for your story, Ashley. It's such a powerful share. And one of the things that I love best about meeting, you know, on these Saturday Hope Story Circles is one of the missions of the Peace Alliance, right? Is cultivating inner peace, right? Personal peace. And I think so much of that uh, comes from healing ourselves, right? As we heal ourselves, we heal the world. And what struck me about your story, and you did mention it a couple of times, right? You know, the whole process by which our body digests things and takes things in and processes things is the place that was causing you the most pain. And yet that trusting of your gut, right? That thing that maybe was not the thing you could most physically rely on became your kind of emotional, spiritual kind of connection to yourself. And that how you were able to eventually use that and you held on to your own gut until the universe said a yes to you, right? The yes in the form of this, this person, this woman who, who reached out to you. And so what we invite you to think about on today's call was, was there a time in your life you were called upon, right? To trust your gut until the you and you did until the universe gave you that yes right even if it wasn't immediate till that universe gave you that yes that supported you on your journey and or you know it, as you go into the room were you able to use your own sense of healing to heal others in that moment right as you trusted yourself and your journey and trusted your gut and moved on uh was there a time or share a time when that led you to being able to kind of get that yes from the universe? And then how did your own path of healing help you in the healing of the world or those around you? So I think Terry put that up in the, in the chat and we invite you to kind of, Terry's gonna send you into your rooms. Right, so I'm gonna pause the recording and then we'll start it when we come back after the breakouts. Hello everyone, welcome. Welcome back. Are we all back? Yes, we are. Is so, there, oh, go ahead. I'm just gonna say, who'd like to share what's, what's alive for you right now? You can unmute yourself and speak. Who are you talking to, Terry? Whoever would like to speak is welcome to speak. Unmute oh. yourself and, and speak and share what, whatever's alive for you right now, what's, what's coming up for you after spending okay. time in the breakout room. Okay, well, let, I'm Judy Feeland, and uh, I was in a group with um, uh, Bonnie and Kiara, and um, uh, I, we were just sharing a website for a group called Finding Our Voices. Um, uh, survivors of sexual assault mm. that, that exists here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, I give massage to three of the board members. So it's a win-win. It's a and I didn't get to tell them that one of the board members is a Reiki master. And so she wants to give something to me. So I receive that kind of help from her. So I'm personally am working on developing and listening to my own intuition mm. because being 77 and having lived with chronic pain all my life from an injury when I was 18 
you know, it's easy to just keep soldiering on and help with my adopted grandchildren and work at nature centers and on and on it goes. But to taking care of ourselves is what we were talking about and how sometimes it's helping others that helps us to see what we need. Mm. So I would, I would like for you, uh, for the Peace Alliance, to be um, aware of and familiar with this findingourvoices.org. And it may be .net, but .org is what I have. And uh, while it's a local group, they do uh, Zoom meetings, art online, uh, writing group online. So people nationally would be welcome to join. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so thank much you for, for that, Judy. Yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. Who else would like to share? Yes, this is Lynn. Um, I was a registered nurse in um, Oregon and in Canada. And in 2011, I was given an Oregon Change Agent Certificate uh, from a three-time governor a uh, three-time governor medical doctor, three-time governor medical doctor too, for my work with job creation. And um, I'm here to crash the uh, big pharma alliance with uh, militarism. So um, all the answers lie within each person. If they're angry or upset in any way, we need healing centers um, set up. And we need to get all the militaries to stand down and go green. And this, in the, um, we need the legislation. And the Quakers are here to help with the legislation, the Friends Committee on National Legislation for Community Heart and Soul Services with a good basic income for everyone and health care. So you might want to look at that. It's the website is Community Heart and Soul. And then um, the other one website is Love, Peace, Harmony, lovepeaceharmony.org, because we need the healing, the alternative healing centers. We don't need these toxic drug therapies anymore, and they're tied to directly to the spending and proliferation of violence and warring and experimentation and darkness. A lot of evil and militarism got established because of the um the the tie between um well the vatican started the big pharma experimentations go to murder by decree murder by decree not not a g it's decree decree.com and check it out um the experimentation started with uh, uh all kinds of weird medicines and vaccinations uh on the indians through the vatican residential school well, thank you. So and much. then they went to Auschwitz. Big Pharma, Big Pharma bought Auschwitz, okay, and bought part of Hitler's property. And thank you so much for sharing that information and sharing your thoughts. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I wonder if anyone has any comments from the breakout room that are connected to Ashley's share and about trusting your gut. I actually have a short thing there that I thought was similar to Ashley. In that I went, um, my pleasure. I was diagnosed with rosacea. I think someone has their phone unmuted. Um, and I was young, I was 24 years old and it was completely new to me. I had never heard of it before. And I learned from it that um, when I went to the dermatologist and they gave me some pills, my skin started clearing up and I thought, fantastic. 
that's taken care of. Two months later, my skin started breaking out again and I had finished those pills. So I went back to the doctor, got more pills. Two months after those were done, again, my face was breaking out. And so I learned from that, that I had this chronic condition um, and I didn't want to be on medicine for the rest of my life. I knew that it was going to compromise my immune system. I was very grateful for knowing that and finding online a community of people who were naturally healing from rosacea. And rosacea is a vascular condition that affects your skin. And so now it's been a good 25 years of me not only avoiding the triggers that I found make me break out, but I've learned through the years that it's also an emotional and mental issue that if I'm healthy and happy in those areas, my skin looks better. And I might even be able to have something that normally is a trigger for me, but I, I, I could be all right because it's all connected. And, um, and I'm grateful that I went with my gut back at the age of 24 and thought I better stop with these pills and find a way to deal with this for the rest of my life in a more natural way. And so I'm grateful for Ashley's story and for learning what I've learned through the years. Um, thanks to like-minded people who are trying to heal naturally from their physical ailments. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Annette. Thank you for sharing that. And anybody else like to share? If you would like to share your thoughts, you can unmute yourself and and share. We have time for maybe one more before we need to start to close. Oh, if we could ask Jana to share again that chocolate um, link from earlier. I don't have it anymore in my notes chat. I think I can find it and share it. Thank you. Yeah. Anything about chocolate, I'm happy to share. <laughs> uh, I'll share that the one of the reasons that I like these Hope Story Circles is they are very resonant with 12-step program sharing. Mm. And um, I entered the 12-step program on a gut feeling that I could not persist in the lifestyle of addiction that I was in and and in our group in our small group we related this to trauma to how trauma sets us up to become addicted and it's not always to chemicals it could be to just simply a particular way of thinking about things uh, about work or about uh, shopping <laughs> or about taking risks. Um, it, it gets us stuck in a loop. Hmm. And the way out of the loop is to share it, to just talk about it, just dump it. just. And then what happens is we hear what we needed to hear coming out of our own mouth, which is the best authority that we have to go on. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, David. And, and oh, and especially when we don't plan what we're going to say, when it just kind of rolls out. Mm, that's spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. All right. I'm going to put some links in the chat. Um, the Beasel Ants is the host for the Hope Story Circles. We're so happy to have you all here to share it with us. The Peace Alliance empowers civic action for a culture of peace. 
and our website is peacealliance.org. Also a link to the Peace On podcasts, all of these Hope Story Circles and our national monthly calls and various other things are podcasts at Peace On, which you can access to the website. Um, also just about our Hope Story Circles, we have a page on the website that tells more about it. If you wanna share with friends, you can like send them that link. It's also a link to our Blueprint for Peace. It's an initiative that's been going on for over a year now. Um, but if you can just click on that one link, you can send messages to all of your state and federal elected officials, letting them know that you support policy priorities in the areas of peace building and violence reduction. We are a small, are a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size, especially our monthly donors, which give us sustainable income. There's also a link to our calendar of events where you can find our next Hope Story Circle and our national monthly call, which is on the second Tuesday of every month. We just had one last week that was pretty wonderful. Um, so you can see what's going on and you can join us at any time where all, all of our events, um, our regular events are free. So we'd love to have you join us. So I'm gonna hand it off to Liz to close with thanks to Ashley. Liz. Yeah, thank you. I do wanna thank um, Ashley for your story and Terry for always holding the space. And David, I wanna give a nod to you because I never really do plan these closings, right? I take in the theme and I hear the story differently and I see what people share. And one of the things that came up for me that I wanted to share, I've been reading a book that maybe I shared last time. I don't know if any of you have read it. And I can put it in the link. It's called See No Stranger by Valerie Kaur. And it's really just a beautiful, powerful book. And she explores different themes, but one of them, um, you know, she's a, a sick woman, um, in a post 9-11 world, right? And she, she uh, was at Stanford post 9-11 and, and her uncle was one of the first people murdered uh, after 9-11 in a hate crime because he was sick and he was perceived to be Muslim, not that that would have been okay. And so that really changed the course of her life. And she did a movie about kind of the connections we could make in healing after an event like that. And she ended up at Stanford, uh, at, excuse me, Stanford, after Stanford, she went to Yale Law School. And when she was talking about being there, she felt she didn't belong there. She said kind of, this was a system that was not made for women. It was not made for people of color. And she had a teacher sit her down and said, you can change the world, but you're resistant to the law. She said, you need to find a way to master this language because you can use it differently than anyone has ever used it. And she said, I started to think about Harry Potter. And, and um, she said, I started to think about the law as a series of magic spells that if I could master them, I could use that magic, this way that other people had only ever used it in a way that was more magical to change the world. And as I was listening to you retell your story today, Ashley, I thought about the fact we all kind of, besides our lives, have these jobs we do. And there's generally a jargon and there's generally a way we master our job. But there are ways that we can kind of bring our piecework and our wholeness in a way to master it differently and more magically in a way that we could use it in maybe ways other people never thought of or maybe considered. And that really made me happy because I myself had made the choice to leave law school years ago because I didn't feel 
um, like it was a path where I could maintain the truth of who I was and take that path. And my first thought was, I wish I had had that teacher who sat me down and said what she did. But instead, what I'm inviting you to do in the next two weeks or so before we meet again, is to think about kind of the work you're doing and can you reimagine it in a way that will help you do it more magically to just kind of think of the magic. How could I do the same thing I'm doing, but do it in a way um, that maybe no one's ever thought to use this magic spell. Maybe no one's ever thought to connect it in this way that might make a difference in how uh, people move through their day. And I, and I think I'm so grateful for your story, Ashley, because you, you mastered kind of your, the material, right? You went to school, you studied, but you're like, I need to use this in a way that feels different connectedly and reaching the emotional issues and healing on every level. And so I'm thankful for your story. I'm thankful for uh, what you brought to the group and I'm thankful as always for all of you for joining us. So I ask you to reimagine the world around you and do magical stuff in the next couple of weeks. Thank you guys for being here. Wonderful. Feel free to unmute yourself to say goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you all. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.